uh, we were taking a break with the committee and I forgot my mic open, but like the table I was sitting was five feet from the door of my bathroom and I pee with my door open and my delegates heard that. So I wouldn't count that as a session, you know, because I wouldn't <laughs> do that. So your, your definition for whether it counts or not as a session depends <laughs> on the extent to which delegates can hear you go to the toilet. Yeah. yeah. When I say my last session was two years ago, and I don't count Milano in that count, is because Milano for me was a very personal experience that went beyond uh, my YP session. I, I'll, I will explain why um, for many, many reasons. And uh, like the first moment I had the idea to, to like contact you and to uh, tell you guys, oh, I want to be podcast. It was because of uh, things I wanted to share with network that happened to me during Milano. So, uh, yeah, it's really cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, so whenever you're ready to start this, or should I just start blabbering? <laughs> oh, we started ages ago. <laughs> Oh, okay. Everything's on record. Perfect. This is how we um. do things. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. I really wanted to talk about this part of UAP, which is friendships and networking. You know, it's, it's, it's stare, like it's been staring us in the face for long. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so in Milano, then how, how was that experience around like the friend friendship and networking? <sighs> Did you feel similar things to your normal sessions or was it different or what was that experience it, like? It was very different uh, from anything UAPI had done. Uh, first of all, I had just like gone out of another international session from Valencia. Uh, and I was I had transferred in Belgium to do my master studies. And then I, I decided to apply for Milano. Then this was back in August 2019. And um, in November, I get a phone call from Rebecca. I get accepted. Um, and then I think in January, uh, the VP who, had, who was assigned to my buddy group, Thanos, Theofanakis, he creates this WhatsApp group uh, with uh, like four chairs, five chairs and him. And it's been, it's been since that chat is alive. I talked to them 10 minutes before starting this podcast to tell them that you're going to be in a podcast because I'm going to name drop them. Um, the special thing about this is that we've been like together as friends, first as colleagues, you know, as like colleague chairs in NIS since November, 2019. And now it's December 2021. So it's two years. Um, and we all stayed in the session. Like Milano got postponed the first time. It got postponed the second time. And when the third time came around that we're, we're actually going to do it digitally, everyone of us stayed. And um, it was Thanos. It was myself. It was uh, Zander Wagemans from the Netherlands. Uh, Noel from Luxembourg, Ricardo from Austria, and uh, yeah, 
uh, who did I forget anyone? They're that mad if I did. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't forget anyone because the other one was me. So yeah, uh, and the five of us is um, created this very good friendship that just happened because we were through a pandemic together. Like we decided to kick off like Thanos' job as a VP, I must say, to lighten up our conversation was amazing, but we just like hit it off. And um, yeah, we, we're now friends. I don't know how, what that happened, but what I do know is that during the pandemic, when we were all at home, we watched Tiger King together. And I mean, live watched Tiger King together with like Joe Exotic backgrounds in our Zooms, dressed up as Joe Exotic and friends. We did commentary on Tiger King and that's how we bonded. And that, like, this is like already a year and a half ago. Um, but what really, really impressed me from what we went through together is that We've like I I had met uh, Ricarda and Noel once or twice in my life, and the rest I had never met, I had never talked to, but our conversations would be so good, and today we're straight up friends. Like we talk to one another, we share like job posts to one another, like in Brussels or somewhere. We help each other peer review our papers or our articles. I don't know. We. Yeah, when we are in hardship, we share it with one another. We have like someone's back, even though we're like miles away. Um, and to the day, I have not met any of them. It's been two years since we started like being part of the team. And I haven't met any of them because of the pandemic, but because of uh, also my work and everything. Um, so, yeah, and we have a name. It's the Fan Zone. It's like, I don't know how we came up because it was like Thanos' body group. It was like, yeah, we like Calzones and we like Thanos. So it will be a Thanzo. I don't know. We had a, we had, we had it vibing from the beginning. Um, so yeah, and uh, it's, I really wanted to share this because um, it's a kind of a friendship that I never think I'd have, but I do have right now. And it's really, really helpful in like for me as an individual as well uh, to have these friendships like, uh, and I didn't believe in like you know the digital aspect of like having a friend that you like don't meet and have a coffee with just like we do in Albania but, like I now have a friend who's like 3,000 kilometers away and I can just call in the middle of the night with a problem and they will help me so uh, EYP has done it again. Like it's opened a lot of uh, opportunities for me. And the stories go on, but this is just like an introduction to, uh, to the fan zone and to friendships in EYP from my perspective. Damn. Um, th yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I thought, I thought you were going to go off on a rant about how like through a virtual session, you know, especially since you said before that for you, that session doesn't really kind of count and stuff like this is that, you, you, you know, when you're virtual, you're not able to make as deep a bond, you're not able to build that kind of relationship. So it's all about the in-person stuff. Uh, I was expecting you to kind of go off on this <laughs> thing about like building this really strong relationship with these people and two years later, still never having met them in person. Yeah. Sure. 
<laughs> that's the thing, you know, uh, that was a joke in the beginning. Uh, I told you, Milano counts for me much more than any other session I've done because, you know, we we were like the Milano's chairs team and the Milano's orga teams, like the longest running official team in EYP. It's like a year and that's a half true. for us and three years for them, which is insane when, when you think about it. And uh, yeah, and I honestly, there, there's been... You know, the expression through thick and thin really made sense with us because when we were at the thick of it, we were all together, but we also were like together when like during those months when, when we barely had any activity for Milano, we would just, I don't know, talk shit about stuff or yeah, talk shit about other stuff, but we will still be talking to one another. Um, and yeah, I've gone like I've personally gone through so many things with those people in my life. Um, I don't know, getting a new job, quitting that job, getting a new job, quitting that job again. Um, it's like, I, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot and, uh, I didn't expect I'd, I'd have this in my life, but I do now, And that's why uh, <laughs> this is so important. Yeah. It's been wonderful to hear, especially with Milano, like this kind of how unique of a position for a session was that when this fucking pandemic thing that no one was expecting to happen just like completely changes everything and it's not just like okay you were in an officials team together for such a long time but it was also that everyone's life changed at the same time and you were in a position in a team where kind of bonding over this kind of stuff and trying to go through it together was already a kind of set expectation for uip in a way and that's never gonna be the case for any other session ever again and it's kind of interesting to hear these stories of how that created one, yeah dude one of my one of my closest friends in EYP or, or like closest friends I don't say closest friends in EYP anymore sorry I said that Gaia from Italy she started the session when she was like I think in the second year of her bachelor's and she graduated right after Milano on her master's so like, can you imagine how long it took for like the session to be over? Shit. So like, yeah. And and some of the orgas uh, from like the orga team, they were in high school when they started the session and they were already in like second year of uni when the session happened. And all these life changes, my, my hairstyles, like at the beginning I had like a buzz cut and then I just shaved my head off during the pandemic. And yeah, things like that hairstyles changed people i lost and gained so many kilos during those one year and a half that people like yeah could could like compare myself to like the last call that's uh, <laughs> that's how like uh weird it was because we were going through like life changes like ricarda like jacob moving an apartment or like ricarda getting a job in brussels and having to switch from vienna to brussels uh, you know, this kind of, we went through all of this together and, um, and yeah, and Rebbe, uh, Rebecca said it in like the earlier podcast about Milano. It's very, it was very, very special. Um, but yeah, I, I will not like double down on talking about digital IS. I want to just talk about like this kind of networking we do. Yeah. Have you had any special weird relationship farming that it didn't 
come through the normal ways of <laughs> attending sessions together and then going from there, Nathan? Uh, what, what do you mean by like relationship farming? Forming. Forming. Oh, forming. I like farming. <laughs> I was thinking like, I don't know. Yes, I was just looking at Farm Simulator 2020 and that just came to my mind. I'm like, what? <laughs> Uh, from uh, I actually did have an experience not too well this year with that. It, it was outside of UIP, but I, I feel like for me it's the experience that which allows me to like relate to a lot of what you described there in Milano, which is um I, I was doing this like twelve week uh artist kind of program on creativity where we'd read a chapter of this thing we'd do some tasks we'd do a whole bunch of stuff and then every every week normally on a Tuesday evening. Uh, between like five and six we all jump on a call um and we kind of have a chat about it and then the more this kind of progressed the less we talked about the chapter in the book and more we just started like talk about our lives and things like this and that and then at the end of 12 weeks we're like guys can we can we not stop this can we just carry on these chats and find another excuse and now we go to theater together and we kind of go to different things and if i kind of think about it how many friends do I have in which I regularly talk to once a week for an hour? Like th there's not that, that many, <laughs> right. That was as regular as that. And it took probably I think five months before we actually met each other in person. And we was just so shocked. We're like, no, no, I'm sure we have met in person. Right. And we're like, no, none of us have ever met in person. Then we finally did. It was like, did, didn't we before and it was kind of always confusing like that because we I guess I kind of come in with the mindset of you can only really form these kind of deep relationships and this kind of trust and stuff like that when you're with people in person but then I guess through the pandemic and stuff as we started to switch more and more online it became more and more natural to even form or farm as you wish Joel yeah. uh, these kind of relationships <laughs> online originally and then eventually in person, if that's possible. Yeah. It, I, like, the thing is, I, I like they have met, like the, the fan zone and other people from Milano have found the way to like go to each other's country and like visit one another. Uh, I haven't because I live in the far, far away land that Albania is, uh, especially due to COVID now. So um, yeah, I haven't got the chance to go there. And it's it's still it's crazy for me because I feel like I know these people for a long time, but when I say the words I feel like I know them for a long time, I remind myself that I actually do know them for a long time now because two years is a long time, um, and and that's nuts. Um, but yeah, I, I look forward to meeting them. It won't change anything because really, what I found in UIP is that we start the journey because of how we feel around people like most of us at least people i've been like in sessions through they they like they say it was fun i want to do that again and only like 10 percent of them mean fun as in fun writing a resolution like most of them like that fun because they got drunk or they like like snogged or like they did something you know so like had fun with people um and when I started this, I was already, I wasn't even in high school. I was like 19 years old. I was in uni. I had just like moved from my hometown to the capital. And I was like, like hyped up to like grow up. 
And then um, a friend from uni told me like, oh, there's this cool thing that we do. It's called the European Youth Parliament. We go into cool places. We like have fun. And I don't need to describe like both of you how Albanian sessions are. So you you could imagine what he told me to convince me to go there. So I was like, yeah, this sounds cool. Like I'll come and like like burn trees in in a session. Um, yeah, Nathan, I think you've been into that session. I think <laughs> uh, so. Um, so yeah, that's how I joined, and that was already five and a half years ago. And um, yeah, it's been a long time. And then more and more, I did sessions. I got involved with the NC in Albania. We organized a lot of sessions, more than we have ever done. And I like my network, my personal network of acquaintances, of colleagues, of peers grew, but also did like my, my friends, like wrote my friends list. And I, I proudly say today that most of my closest friends I don't want to say best friends, but closest friends are EYP. Like there's Sabina in Ireland, there's Nikos in Athens, and there's like the fan zone in like, you know, in the Benelux, and there's Gaia in Italy, you know, and that, that's nuts for me that I consider those and they consider me the close friend, but we live so far apart and we meet only for sessions. And I think that's the true power of UAP. And I'm going to explain to you the tangible power of UAP when it comes to like outside of that UAP bubble in a, in, a, in a minute. So, yeah, that's... Whew. <laughs> nice. And, okay, about this, like, especially the, the outside the UAP bubble and the, like the kind of friends you can kind of create and stuff in UIP. I've got a couple of quick fire questions to you guys, and it is going to get to a point afterwards. I'm going to see if we get there or not. So first question, uh, how many years in UIP so far? Five and a half. Five and a half. Uh, I started in 2013. So eight. Eight. Okay, for me, I think it's like 10, 11, something like that. Okay, second... Oh, shit, it's 11 now. Damn. Um, Second question, uh... Roughly how many sessions? Give or take five or ten. Twenty-five. Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Forty-five, fifty, something like that. Okay, so a shit ton of years, a shit ton of sessions all across Europe, etc. All this. And how many other NGO events have you gone to that are similar to EYP but are not EYP? One. What was that? I don't want to say it in an EYP podcast. <laughs> was, it, was that MUN? Yes. The forbidden word. <laughs> yes. Uh, was, was that at the beginning? Was that recent? Um, well, before I joined EYP, I had been into an MUN Albania event. Mm-hmm. Not really good. Uh, but once I started EYP, like I could like cross compare both of what I did. So it's mm. like no more MUN for me. I hate that. Especially the way that it's organized. I don't want to go there now. But I was like deep into my EYP career, let's call it. And um, a professor in like in Leuven, when I did my master's, she says, oh, okay. So 20% of your evaluation is going to be um, 
a reflection paper that you will write after uh, an MUN that we will do as a class. And the class was about 200 people. So yeah, I had to do an MUN to get a grade. And I went the day, I was actually like, I didn't just go to an MUN event. I like slammed my dick into it. And I was like, I'm chairing this shit. It's like, if I'm doing an MUN, I'm doing this right. Um, so I chaired one of the committees and every like people who knew about the MUN EYP stuff, they saw my like uh, IS pin, like that says EYP. And they was like, oh, like you're doing devil's work. Like, <laughs> like I have to get an A, bitch. Sorry. Like. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's the thing is that as soon as people start EYP and as soon as they start to like hardcore binge EYP sessions and you know, as soon as you're the kind of person that you do five to ten sessions a year, etc. and start to carry on going through that way then you don't tend to do anything outside EYP because you're like, well, we, we've built such a great community, such a great culture that I'm not going to find it in other places. And I know myself, that was my line of thought. So I can like 11 years after starting, like more than 50, such as over 20 countries, all that stuff. I finally, last weekend, went to a different one. <laughs> I went to uh, uh, the Youth Training Academy, so YTA. and it's incredible i went to this train the trainer program there um i they did this like seven or ten day training and i just arrived for the last four days as a guest uh kind of like a guest the role of a guest is kind of like an nc board member who goes to a session in eyp right you're the chill out person you have no responsibilities you can give a hand here or there but there's nothing you have to do and you just talk to people and it's awesome so i was that chill out person and it was amazing as soon as i arrived the vibe reminded me so much of eyp it was that vibe it young people together wanting to learn what people across europe uh, in a specific location um all try and speak the same language or learn each other's languages they had almost like basic they they also kind of did euro village thing they did like all, all these different things i'm like oh my god this is what we did that's what they do uh in the evenings they'd be doing like karaoke they'd be doing all these different stuff and it was really just like an eyp session um and i'm like this is this is incredible but for me the most amazing thing is the youngest person was 20 years old and the oldest was i think 42 so like i i wasn't a dinosaur <laughs> like being 29 and kind of going to ip sessions with 16 17 year olds be like how are you doing children uh, gets more and more creepy every year uh but it was just amazing to go to an event like this where I, I I really connected with that culture, with that vibe. It was the same thing. And I remember, uh, so a, a friend of ours, Nick's, uh, his sister, um, she binges so many different NGOs and does all these different stuff, but I don't think she's ever done EYP. And she kept saying to Nick's every time, was like, dude, there's a big world out there outside of EYP. You need to explore that. And in my mind, I was like, hey, EYP is enough. You know, there's enough here. But I think like from from the weekend, I realized that, yeah, you bring youth together. You put them with the goal to learn or something like this. You have them from all different European countries or, or different global countries. And you lock them away for a certain amount of time. And you let them organize themselves and do fun stuff. And you will get that vibe. You will get like 
be able to connect and build these friendships just like we're discussing exactly like that's that's really like you just drove into my lane right now because uh, um i you know i had been in uh, conferences and, and in other networks before joining ayp so i i had a frame of reference before joining and that's why i stayed honestly that's why i stayed because like in these different uh, networks like okay they were fun they were useful we did all the things like trainings and euro village and euro concert um type of things already but like the thing that made me stay in EYP was the fact that it was a commitment it wasn't just like a yeah right here right now it was like a i'll see you later kind of thing and that kept me going and i've got a, <laughs> i've gotten a lot of critics and criticism for doing a lot of EYP uh like back in the day especially for my parents i must say um so and i kept telling them and myself like there's a commitment in here there's a purpose in here and i'm going to find that not right now but i'm going to find it and this is very poetic but where did i find it it was in a cornfield in sondheim bavaria germany let me explain i was getting back from belgium to albania and i stayed at a friend's place in a like remote village in bavaria in germany and i had been struggling for five days to get like signal uh, reception for like a cell phone and then we were just like walking around the village and we were in the middle of this cornfield and i get reception and i get a call from an eyp friend who i worked for a long time she's from kosovo and she calls me and she's like dude do you have your cv with there like updated it's like you already have my updated one and she was like yeah okay i'm going to send this to the minister i was like who like which minister she's like i'll explain later and she hangs up so i had to walk for like 2 kilometers without the internet to find out what was going on so we want we we go to the place and she tells me that she's the assistant of the new minister of foreign affairs of kosovo and the minister wanted an advisor like a youthful advisor who has done international relations and has worked like internationally and yeah and this friend of from eyp urtesa from kosovo that has worked with me for a long time in eyp and i helped her and other people in eyp kosovo to revive eyp kosovo again they knew me from eyp and they, like she immediately forwarded my cv to the minister so a month later i was home i was at the beach and i got a random phone call and she says tomorrow 10:15 pristina you're starting to work it was like what is like yeah tomorrow 10:15 in minister's office in pristina you will start working as her advisor and i was like <laughs> no um but yeah next day i go to pristina i start working as an advisor to the minister of foreign affairs of a country just because of eyp and that's when i told myself yeah this is the commitment and the like where what i was waiting for for a long time and i didn't know i was waiting for it but this was it um and yeah and that networking that happens in eyp that friendships that we build really do build up 
to something. And uh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, there's a plenty of uh, <laughs> academic and career things that you get from EYP, not just from the kind of connections that you built, but also the um, communication skills you learn to build with people. And at that point, like when you've done 20 EYP sessions, you kind of have to learn how to interact with people and create really like close connections. And that's kind of what's going to get you forward in life. Like we talk about us having so many close friends through EYP. Partially it is because, well, we just meet so many people through EYP. If there's a 5% chance that you'll really click with a person that you meet, then meeting 200 people at each event, possibly for that 5% chance, you're going to get to get a lot of people from that. I think, yeah, that's also the wonderful kind of side of how it can go from not just this kind of, sure, you can get career opportunities out of it, but also I have a EYP kind of a family. It's two EYPers by the name of Marcos and Melinda Mercuris that are extremely dear to me and it's like once i was doing a session in cyprus they're they're half cypriot half hungarian and i was doing a session in cyprus and i messaged them like hey like are you gonna be and are you gonna be home at that time maybe you can host me for whatever days i'm staying before the session they're like no but you know you can still stay at our place and I ended up going and staying with their parents for a good three days before the session. And I like we had so much fun with them going to like the beach and like tasting all the local things. And their mother was showing us the city that we we're staying. And it's like actually ended up building a connection, not just with these two EYPers that mm-hmm. are very dear to me and I keep close connection with them. We've met multiple times outside of just EYP sessions just because we can. And but I also ended up building a relation to kind of their entire family. In some some levels their parents are more close to me than my own parents are. And they kind of it, it's a pretty funny situation because they also have a third sibling or that never did EYP. <laughs> and I hear so often how this girl is so confused. This poor girl constantly has to hear about this random Finnish dude that everyone in his family is close with except her. Uh, it's just, you end up getting, like you expose yourself to all these people. You end up getting such valuable kind of connections, no matter how that starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's life stories, honestly. It's just like you said. Um, I yeah, now for me it makes no difference between my like EYP friends and my friends because it's one and the same. And um, it's wonderful that we can step out uh, outside of the EYP like or, like area or bubble or circle, and we can still be humans with one another. Um, and I say this because uh, 
I didn't like when, for example, when I moved from Albania to Belgium for my master's, I didn't really have people in Belgium, like even from like family or acquaintances. I had no one. Um, but I had EYP friends. That's what I had there. And they really, um, hold, like um, Matthias Mazzini, he was studying in Brussels those days. And he hosted me the first night that I was in Belgium. You know, like he's like, you can stay at my place until you figure out where you're going to live for the next year. Um, and this kind of stuff really, really keep you enticed with the people you find along the way. Um, and recently, um, I like I, I work in the Board of National Committees now, and we had the BNC meeting a couple of weeks ago, and what really struck like with me there was that it was the first BNC meeting that we've had in like two years in EYP, and you could already see that people had like met virtually they had done sessions but they were meeting physically for the first time and that was like for them it was very exciting but at the same time it was very non-exciting because i like some sometimes you meet someone in person and you don't like um, okay you're not as tall as i thought you were or you're not as funny as i thought you were um and uh, unfortunately that did not uh, fortunately that did not happen with me but <laughs> uh, it's this, yeah, it's wonderful that after all this time, I like I get still surprised by how you can connect with new people across Europe just because of doing um, the same thing as EYP. And I believe it's something that goes on with other networks as well, not just with us. But it's very rare to find these days. And um, yeah, it keeps me hopeful that, yeah, in the future, I don't know, I might be open to metaverse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I think this is a very beautiful thing and kind of exactly what you said and kind of learning to connect with people through this common thing that we're doing. I had a wonderful case when I was visiting Ukraine. I was in Kiev and I was like, well, Okay, all the people that I usually hang out with in Kiev are you know, out of the country or busy with other things. But you know, I, I, I there's this one girl that I've been seeing her name and face kind of everywhere because we're yeah, we're both doing EYP. So, so I'll just message her. Like we've never interacted with anything together. We've never been to any sessions together. I just like hit her up with a message like, "Hey, Yulia." This might sound weird, but you know, we, I've seen, seen your face around. Like you want to chill for an afternoon in Kiev, and we just instantly go from that and just build a relationship. We're still talking multiple times a month. I keep a constant connection. It's just from this like point of nothing into talking and just having that connection of we've been doing so many things that we can relate with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that there's something I was thinking about recently, which is that the way the, the way that UIP has kind of built relationships, right? We we go to sessions, we meet someone, we really connect strongly, and then you don't see that person for the next year, probably six months, year, maybe two, three years. See that person again, you pick up from exactly the same day that you left. 
And because EYP has tend to do that a lot, a lot, a lot with these kind of relationships, I was thinking that now that we've kind of moved to, we tend to connect with people online a bit more throughout Europe. You know, we haven't really been seeing them in person that much and stuff is that EYPers are kind of able to maintain those kind of relationships in a cool way because that's the norm to us. For us, a, a deep relationship doesn't mean somebody you see every week or you see every day or you have to constantly connect with. It could be someone that you connect with really, really frequently for a couple months and then someone you, have, you don't speak to for a year. And then you're going to really connect with after that for a bit and then you don't really see each other, etc. And I feel, yeah, EYP has kind of cultivated us in that mindset. And maybe for EYP is through the pandemic and stuff, it's been easier for us in that sense with our different relationships. I, honestly, it has kept me sane uh, during very hard times. Uh, yeah. Um, before the pandemic, I was very critical about like, the mental health aspect in EYP, it's like in, in terms of the pressure that people build up to like jump, like the, to, to, to climb the ladder of experience or whatnot, and to do session after session and to like not like touch ground and be in reality for a session or for, for a second, but they like just continue doing EYP and they feel like, um, you know, the burnout later. But when the pandemic started, I realized the other aspect that like my crit like my sunlight like my critical lenses had, had skipped. The fact that we are very like supportive to one another in this kind of situations. Um, a case that I've had this was uh, from the infamous Lax IS five years ago. Um, there I like I have built this beautiful friendship with uh, with Aline from Belgium. Uh, we met there and um, back then she, she told me like, why don't you come do masters in Belgium? Like there's this very cool uni, it's called like KU Leuven, you love it. And I was like, I had never heard about it. And then uh, I immediately go, like when I go back home, I Google it, I see how awesome it was and it had the perfect masters that I wanted to do. And that's what I ended up doing. And uh, Aline helped me with documents, like to like, like kind of ease my way into like doing this. And even when I went to Belgium, she was my friend there. She wasn't doing any EYP anymore. She was just my friend there. She supported me through this. And there's instances like before I went there that me and Aline would just like not talk for like three months, but then I just call her at the middle of the night with an issue I had and she would do the same and we would like support one another um, like through breakdowns or through hardships or like even like through very happy events. Um, and I, I thought about this a lot like during the pandemic because like I can't believe that I had this thing already and I was criticizing it like the support system and now... Uh, Mm, yeah, well, I, I wanted to like share it out there that we have a support system um, in UIP, which is very good for what we do. Um, and yeah, whether or not we do have like, you know, issues within the network, we're not perfect anything. At least we are nice 
to one another, and that's and that's very important. Um, and yeah, and just the fact that I can talk to you guys about this is just amazing, you know, because I usually in sessions, uh, you know, I, I've done mostly chairs teams, academic teams, and it's all about like, you know, work, 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 and you, you this, you that, this law, this article. <laughs> But I can have these conversations, and it's really, really um, beautiful for me. Comparing UIP to kind of environments where you normally make friends, whether that be your school or some hobby thing, we go through such shit <laughs> that building this kind of support structure is just what we need to do to survive. I'm sure if you're going to uni with someone, you can bond over how difficult your exam period or whatever is like the worst thing that's going to happen to you is you'll just graduate a bit later. That's literally the worst thing. But in EYP, you can just like outright kill people. <laughs> Things go the worst way. And we just, yeah, we've talked about it a lot, a lot in the past of all these kind of shit situations and We'll have our next EYP fuck ups episode number twenty coming up next up. So keep your eyes oh, I, <laughs> for more of that. <laughs> I want to contribute to that. Um, <laughs> I can, yeah. I have a lot of stories from Albania, as like as you can both imagine, uh, <laughs> shitload of them actually. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, Albanian sessions are always just very standard, very kind of like everything's always in order everything's in place nothing ever like too exciting happens mm -hmm. it's nice no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude i like i can say some stuff for liability legal reasons that's how standard <laughs> and uneventful they are <laughs> exactly <laughs> but i can i can tell you one major like that doesn't mean anything right now it's just uh, for for a session some years ago, we were very sh like we were short of money, and we resorted to knocking doors of like business buildings, and two orgas just knock on the door of one of the richest men in the capital in Tirana. They just knock on his door, and they were like the guy was in the office. He was like, "Oh, you are." He tells to the organizer, "You are the son of." You know, his father, who he knew. He's like, what do you need? And it's like, I need money for an EYP event. And he was like, what is this EYP and how much do you want? And they sit down, like, in the office. And we really needed an, an X amount of money. So he asks, how much money do you need? And the guy says, like, well, we need about... And he was going to, like, kind of say more of the sum. And the other organizer says, we need like this amount of money. And he's like, done. That's nothing for me. So <laughs> we managed to do the session. But if you think about it, we can have done two sessions because to that guy, that was a little money. Okay, we do the session. This was like a big joke we had at the time. That we managed to do a session like this. Two years later... In Albanian media, we see that this guy had embezzled money and he had like lied uh, about 2 million euros in Zimbabwe for a highway. And I was like, <laughs> well, nice. 
Nice. So, Some of it went to good use. So yeah, very standard sessions, the ones we do at home. Uneventful was it, at all. Was it cash in hand contribution or like no, to no. the session? No, or? no, they no, he, they paid the hotel directly. We didn't. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's why I said I sent some orgas with a briefcase and be like, okay, <laughs> no, <laughs> thank no. you, thank you for helping. That's why I said I don't care about this because like we never had like an, a deal with them. He's just like, I, I'll pay for the hotel. Is that enough? He's like, yeah, man. He's like that's about like nine thousand euros. If you want to do that, do it. Damn. So yeah, stories. Um, and networking, it's crazy. For example, we did the first um, national session of Kosovo in 2018. It was like six years since they had done session there. And well, they were looking for like uh, delegates in different schools in Kosovo. And they end up at like this very fancy school for like diplomats kids. And the daughter of the British ambassador, like she wanted to join. Um, like her mother was Albanian and her father was the ambassador to Kosovo. And we end up having him as like a, a keynote speech during the closing ceremony. So like the British ambassador to Kosovo. And like we had this, um, you know, this upper dinner after the closing ceremony and he comes to me and to the head organizers and he says, you know, I had never thought that I would do UAP in Kosovo and I had never thought that it would be in a parliament because we were at the national parliament building in Pristina. And, it was, and we, we were confused, like, how does he know about UAP? And it turns out the current British ambassador to Kosovo back in the day used to be the chair of the BNC board in 1994. Can you imagine that? And his daughter was an EYP delegate in our session. And it was like, yeah, back in the day, we were all white elitist people. He, really, he literally said that. And I was Has very confused. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he said it was it, it was much worse. They used to play a thing called the Zulu game or something. <laughs> We've played that. Oh my god! So yeah, networking in EYP. The time when yeah, the ambassador was actually an EYPer. Damn! It always makes me laugh when when I hear people say, "Oh, but back in the day they used to do this in EYP," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's that." I, I, you know, <laughs> I remember it's that. Like, it's like, yeah, is that how many like, times did I lead that game? Uh, I'm running out of fingers. <laughs> or like, I don't know, coin game or stuff like this. It's like, yeah, yeah, coin game. That's normal. I think we spoke about it before in a podcast where um, in 2012 we did coin game 69. Oh, yeah, I heard that. I was giggling. I was in a very tense bus in Albania. And you said that in the podcast and I giggled in the bus and everyone was just staring at me. I was like, you wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. you know, the funny shit is that the first ever team building game I've ever done in UAP was the coin game. Like, first really? time delegate, first thing that our chair did to us, coin what? game. Yes. <laughs> Why? This... this, what? this this is the reason why it was bad. Yes. Because 
Yes. <laughs> That's not how you team build. I can. That is not I can, how you team build. Dude, this is how you team build. Because I, like, I remember that moment perfectly because I was in a committee. Uh, I was the oldest one of them. And like the way he lined us up, I was like in between two girls and I could see them like very comfortable because I was in the middle and they were not next to one another. And I, I remember that I like, I switched with them and I ended up like next to my best friend. And the comment I get from him is like, dude, you ruined it. And I was like, Oh fuck no. So yeah, that was my first ever game in UIP. And I was like, this is going to be fun. Uh, but things have changed now and I'm glad they have because that was yeah. very uncomfortable. Not for me. I'm very, I'm a very open-minded, loose person, but I do get cranky when people are uncomfortable and that was very uncomfortable. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a very good time and place for those kinds of games, but kind of necessary knowledge one needs to assess the situation of whether that's appropriate that is not going to make people uncomfortable is above what an average UIP chair has. Yeah, the skill set we have, like, yeah. I've discussed this with UIP heroes before. Some things are like, it's good that we have changed some traditions, because that really used to be a tradition, as I recall, like five years ago, to play that game or to play to pay the game past the giggle, like like when you know that when you put the What's hand... wrong with past the giggle? That's yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. Saying. Wait, what? but wait, I have been part of past the moan. Uh, okay. Yeah, and I had a delegate yell, "Ah, oh, daddy!" Like very sexually three times out loud and an organizer just knocked on the door and was like what are you doing i was like yeah this happened it went from just a moan to oh daddy so yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> the safe core team should say it rested this was before the like safety and dignity like guideline and policy were established so I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why we made those policies. Uh, and with that other NGO, that train the trainer event I just went to, um, that is a, a difference that I noticed is that, so I'm kind of now used to modern day EYP with lots of safeguards and stuff. And a lot of our safeguards is on the one hand, because we do have minors, right? We have underage people, but then also we kind of look beyond that and think, okay, well, what about certain personality types or different preferences, etc., may not, let's say, connect as well in certain environments to the other. Certain things we do can trigger people in different ways, etc. We're starting to really think through these things. And I went to this other NGO in which they, I guess, they haven't been through that same thought process. As in, it was still very much, you know, very much like strong alcohol drinking culture which was totally the norm and totally fine and stuff like that but then again the youngest person was 20 so it is a different age group and different things like that but for me that was like the one thing that i felt oh this is actually pretty different this reminds me of uip a decade ago (laughs) actually Uh, well 
you know, it's it's I've been in EYP long enough to see the EYP where you would have a dedicated room for you know what. And I'm part of an EYP where people are really discussing whether there are are they whether they are breaking the silver rule if they are dating before the session already. So like and I recently had this conversation. It was like like when I started this wasn't an issue. <laughs> and I was like, and now it is. And I was like, we we are adapting with time and we're bringing more conscientious stuff. And that's good. Um uh, and yeah, like seeing it now from a governance perspective, uh, in like in the board of BNC, um, we are really to uh, a very transformatory, transformative phase right now in UAP. Um, because of what we've been talking about, like for the past minute is exactly like this kind of networking and this kind of connections we're building with one another. Uh, we made, we managed to keep them digitally like so intense or as intense and we, as we used to do before the pandemic. So like, I don't know if you've seen how many digital sessions we've done, which is zillions and we kept the network alive, but there's this issue now that like the people that did EYP before the digital age have a big discrepancy in terms of understanding EYP and leaving EYP with people who did like joined after the digital age of let's say EYP. So we're, we are in this transformative phase and we're trying to figure out how to better grasp these connections we're building. And um, being in the thick of it in the, in the BNC board, I, yeah, I, it increases my, the pleasure I get from working still in EYP because I see that we can be reflective on our own selves and I can also, I'm, I'm starting to see that we're getting more tangible with things. Like we're, we're, we're working towards, um, you know, having sessions and events and products that have a real meaning outside of the session. Um, take, for example, the new resolution format, stuff like that. And yeah, I think we're in a good direction. And yeah, as a note, whether that works or not, at least like... When I when the day comes that I leave UAP, I'll still have the fan zone, and I'll I'll still have the tens of people and tens of friends I've made, and yeah, and I like I, I look at my parents and they don't have what I have, mm. so that's thanks to UAP, uh, in a way. No. Milano is very special for me because, dude, like during. The time I was doing it, I had just changed jobs from the ministry job to another one. Um, and I was kind of in a personal crisis, like, what am I doing with my life? And just because of the existence of the fan zone as a support system, as, fr as my friends, and just because of the example of perseverance and uh, sustainability to make the session happen as it happened digitally in Milano, um, I managed to wrap my mind around and to say to myself, I can't quit this job because I am close to burn out. And now I think I've made the best decision I've ever made in my life. And it all happened just because of me being part of Milano 
and having those people around me, especially the buddy group that I referenced and Rebecca, the president. So, um, so yeah. And then your podcast was live and I was like, okay, this is very big. So yeah. So it, it really helped me make a life decision. And, um, I really wanted to share that, that UAP helps people, um, much more than it's credited for. I, I hope it's not very like bubbly. It's like everyone is like, oh, you're so bubbly. <laughs> like you might be so unicorns and shit. I mean, it is your unicorns. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, but not that time in that orgy in Lviv, yes, it wasn't. That, that was nothing but the unicorns. 